Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to The Bald Face Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. It's been a strange basketball season in the Pac-12, but I got to tell you, I'm looking at the standings right now. Oregon is sitting in a decent position. They're seven and four in conference play. UCLA on top at eight and two. Uh, Oregon coming off a big win against Utah. By the way, Dana Altman in his career, 23 and two against Utah. What is it about Utah? Dana Altman joining us now. Utah, they must see you coming and they must just run and hide. Well, we've been very fortunate a number of times, John, but uh, it is <laughs> kind of amazing stat because they've had some really good ball teams. Larry did a great job there for 10 years, and uh, Craig's doing a great job. But for whatever reason, um, you know, we've been really fortunate. We've beaten them down in Vegas in the tournament, I think, four or five times. And um, so just been one of those – one of those deals, um, we have a couple that are against us, so it's good to have one that's for us. I, I heard that you know this season obviously has had some tough games and it's had some great moments, sort of up and down. But you know, you got in your car after a tough loss, you just start driving on I five. Is that true? Do you just got in the car and said, "I need to clear my head and go for a drive"? Well, I got that from Tim Floyd a number of years ago. Um, you know, he used to jump in his car and try to clear his head before a ball game. And and, um, and it was after the Arizona State game. We, we played really poorly and um, couldn't sleep. And so I just got up and drove for a while trying to figure out, you know, what we could do to try to get the guys going. We got a good group, but for whatever reason, uh, our consistency hasn't been what it should be. Some of that we use an excuse that we were banged up there for a while, and uh, you can see the difference that J- Jermaine Cousnard and Keyshawn have made since they've been healthy. Uh, Nate Biddle's healthy now and playing pretty good. So it's great to have those guys back, and hopefully now with our roster healthy, uh, we'll be able to make a push here in February. But we have some really tough games, tough road trip coming up to Arizona, and then we've got – UCLA and USC coming in, so we've got our work cut out for us because we've got a tough schedule ahead. Strategy-wise, you know, you get healthy, but does the strategy change or has it changed in the second half of the season, or how has how has the plan changed from maybe the first half of the season to now, what you're, what you're trying to do? Well, it's back to where, you know, we're going to try to press and extend our defense a lot. You know, when our numbers were down, uh, we weren't able to use our presses or change our defenses, you know, like we have in, in past years that have been a little successful for us. Uh, you know, Will Richardson had to stay on the floor for 40 minutes. Uh, we were trying to keep Dante on the floor for 40 minutes, you know, so we kind of moved our defense back, played a lot more half court. Uh, since we've got the guys back, we're trying to extend our defense a little bit, trying to play our depth. You know, I do feel like we've got 10, 11 guys that 
that we can throw out there at any time. And so hopefully we'll be able to go back and get our presses going, get our defenses changed up a little bit offensively, push the tempo a little bit more than we have uh, in the first part of the season. So definitely we've changed our strategy, trying to use our depth. The conference tournament obviously looming in March. It, you're sitting right now in the five spot. How how important would that for you be for you guys to get in one of those top four positions and and get a first round bye? Oh, it's big, John. You know we we need to play well here down the stretch just to get our own confidence going and and get a good feel. But with you know, Arizona and, and UCLA being very strong teams, top 10 teams in the country, um, you know, you don't want to face them on a fourth night. You know, you got to try to get in that top four. Um, you know, you're probably going to have to beat both of them. It would be a lot easier or a lot better to do it on a three-game schedule than a four-game schedule. And even with our depth, um, you know, we'd like to get in that top four. First of all, it mean that we played pretty well down the stretch, and that would give us some confidence. But second of all, three games versus four is, is definitely, you know, something that would be very advantageous for us. We did do it in 19, won four games and four nights. But, uh, you know, I'd like to finish strong here, get in the top four, and then go swing away in Vegas. Dana Altman with us, University of Oregon men's basketball coach. I want to go back to 1980. You are a uh, a letter winner at Eastern New Mexico. You're playing basketball. You you graduate with a with honors and a degree in business administration. And what was the plan then? Did you want to be a basketball coach? Did you want to be a lawyer? How did that all work out? Well, you know, I took the LSAT, and I my grandmother wanted me to go to law school awfully bad she had offered to pay for the whole thing which was kind of nice of her but uh and i and i just didn't see myself doing that um you know so i wanted to go on and get an mba and so i to help me pay for it i took a ga position um at western state a division two school just uh, to help me pay for my school and and i just really enjoyed it for two years um and went back to the junior college that I played at and started coaching and just figured I'd give it a give it a try and see how it worked out and uh, spent four years in the junior college ranks and and then I just lucked into Mitch Richmond um, and for those of you who are old enough to remember Mitch is a Hall of Famer and uh, you know an NBA all-star and I spent 15 years in the NBA and uh, you know, he, he came and played for me in junior college and really kick-started my career. I really owe everything to him because uh, he came along at a time. We went 35-5 and five and 34-4 and four those two years he played for me in junior college and really jump-started my career. I've thought about you in recent years as the portal and NIL have come on the scene because you've been here this whole time and uh, you're one of the few people that's got the perspective with your community college coaching and and such. Like you know, uh, what do you make of what's happening right now, and how have you navigated what is changing? It seems like on a month-to-month basis in college athletics. Well, John, it really is a time of change, um, you know, and you can either change your way of thinking and stay with it, or fall way behind, 
and um, you know I I think it's great for for student athletes you know to get some of the benefits um, you know you worry about whether they're fighting through some adversity at times because um, the grass isn't always greener on the other side but you know that's a learning lesson all of its in itself and so you know, I think there are a lot of positives for it, especially for student athletes. Um, you know, the negatives will probably be bought out in the next few years, whether, you know, graduation ratios, rates go way down because everybody's transferring once, twice. Um, you know, I hope that, you know, students will fight through some adversity at times. I think back to some of the young men that I've worked with over the years, and Anthony Tolliver, you know, as a freshman for me at Creighton, played, you know, one minute, you know, an average one point a game. And his, his sophomore year, he averaged five points a game. And today he would have transferred. He stayed with it and was all-conference, you know, his junior and senior year and spent 11 years in the NBA. Uh, so there are adv advantages of young people, you know, fighting through situations, knowing they made a good decision and sticking with that decision. Um but I, I do agree that, you know, college students in athletics should have the same freedom to go where they want like any other student. And, you know, I want guys that want to be at Oregon, that want to work with us. I don't think we can have a championship team and win another Pac-12 championship unless we have guys that want to be there. And it's a long season. We have the longest collegiate season of any sport and. For that six months, October 1 to hopefully April 1, those guys got to be all in, and they got to know they want to be there. And so, uh, you know, I, I think guys should have the freedom to go where they think it's the best opportunity for them, and I want guys like that at Oregon. Hopefully guys will fight through some adversity when things don't go their way because it's not always going to go their way, and, that, and that's part of the college experience too is, is – learning to fight adversity and, and work your way through it. Yeah, I think we watched those guys in your program when, you know, you had that group that was Dylan Brooks and Tyler Dorsey and Jordan Bell and a young Peyton Pritchard. There was, there were guys that we got to watch grow, and they got better, and they dealt with, you know, there was some grit in that because things didn't go their way in year two or maybe year three, and it blossomed and bloomed. And I just wonder if that era of basketball, can we recapture that? Can anybody recapture that? Or how, mu how much more challenging that is as you talk about, you know, guys being willing to, to stick around when the portal's there and everybody's whispering in their ear? Yeah, that's a good question, John. And, and um, you know, like your career, anybody's career, you got to fight through adversity. Uh, any relationship you know, I've been very fortunate. I've been married for almost 40 years now, and there's ups and downs. And learning to fight through those ups and downs is, is a big part of education. And I talk to our team about that. I, no game goes straight up. Nobody's collegiate career goes straight up. You know, it's up and then down. And, you know, you're kind of judged by how you respond when you are down. And... The ups and downs of, of a season of within a game, you know, fighting through that adversity is is a big part of education, a big big part of growth. And um, so I hope we don't lose that. And I think there are a lot of young people who who understand that and will fight through that. 
Um, but again, you know, there are other opportunities, you know, for our student athletes. And if they feel a better a school is better for them, a coach is better for them. You know, I understand that they've got one collegiate career, and I want them to to be where they think they can maximize their potential. Um, I just hope that the guys in our program feel it's us, you know, and want to stay because, uh, you know, I don't want guys to leave. And I think experience and experience in a program is a big, big benefit. You know, Brooks stayed around for three years. Bell was with us for three years. And they fought through injury. They both, you know, broke a foot when they were here and went through stress fractures. And uh, Dylan Ennis was with us for, you know, three years. And, you know, those guys that are around for a while, um, you know, Peyton stayed four years, you know, and I'm so proud of him. And, in fact, I, you know, I've talked with the Celtics over, you know, the last month, and they're just so happy that he just continues to work and his role has changed a little bit. And, you know, heck, they're winning the East. You know, he's on a great team. And so, you know, you just like hearing those stories of guys continuing to grow and Boucher and Eugene Omarui, Chris Duarte, those guys are all, you know, fighting their tails off trying to, trying to make it at that next level, which is very, very competitive. I know that the season has been a little up and down, and there were people early that were frustrated, but you, you, you look like you're healthy and you're playing good basketball when it counts because here comes this road trip uh, Thursday at Arizona, Saturday at ASU. I got a chance. I was in Arizona, and I took a peek at Arizona State, watched them play twice. I saw them against USC. I think USC's playing really well right now, but – um, you, you know, you're getting these opportunities when maybe it's lined up for you. I mean, if there's a blessing wrapped into this season, it feels like that's it. No, I'd agree. You know, we've got three or four quad one games coming up. And, um, you know, so we, we've got our chance to impress the NCAA committee uh, because we do have UCLA and USC at home next week. And, Obviously, two what they call quad one games this week at Arizona and at Arizona State. So we will have our opportunities, you know, to put ourselves in a good position. But it's going to be tough. And I, I told our team, you know, we're going to have to play very well and we're going to have to be a lot more consistent than what we've been. And if we can do those things, I do think we're talented enough. I think we're good enough, you know, to upset some people here. But, you know, it's going to be an upset if we beat Arizona on the road. And it'll be an upset if we beat Arizona State on the road. And we're going to have to go swing away, try to make something happen that uh, a lot of people don't think can happen. Yeah, I was talking to somebody at the Pac-12 office, uh, Jamie Zanetovich, the uh, supervisor of basketball, and we were talking. I said, what kinds of things can the conference do to help the teams? And he talked about, you know, some of the uh, scheduling and strategy or that they have discussed over the years but I wasn't aware that some of the schools travel with charter some don't where, where do you stand on that for your team I, I mean if you have the option you want to charter don't you absolutely John and um, you know it's kind of one of those questions that the, the conference and, and our individual schools have to answer you know how competitive do we want to be nationally the Big Ten all charters you know, the Big 12 all charters. The Southeast Conference, with their football money, they all they all charter. Um, 
we're for, fortunate at the University of Oregon. Um, you know, we we have a group that makes sure that, that we charter. And, you know, it was one of the things we didn't charter when I originally got here. Um, just every now and then we would charter a flight. But when we had a little success, when we, you know, one, went to a couple Sweet 16s, uh, Elite Eight, a Final Four, you know, the program just said, hey, we want to try to stay at this level. And I think it's important that we, we do that. Um, it cuts down, like I said, the, the length of our season. It cuts down on the wear and tear of our players. It helps them academically. Um, so we do charter, and it, it is an advantage for us. Um, I tell our players that, you know, don't take it for granted. It's something that's it's good, but we go out and raise the money, and, and we have an individual who covers most of the cost, and, and that really gives us a chance, John. And, I, you know, Arizona was the first one to do it. They, they started chartering everywhere. And then, you know, UCLA and some of us have, have tried to stay competitive. Um, and so I think most of the league is now, John, uh, but I'm not sure everybody is. And um, but I think it's something if we want to compete on a national scale, you know, we've we've got to stay in line with what the other power five schools are doing and the Big East, all charters. And, um, you know, it's kind of comes down to a commitment by the school. And we're fortunate at Oregon that, you know, we want to try to compete at a national level. And and we've been pretty well taken care of. It'll be Thursday at Arizona, Saturday at Arizona State. You're going to want to play some zone against Arizona State, by the way. And then next week, USC and UCLA at Matthew Knight Arena. For those listening who want to see the Ducks, uh, these next two weeks are huge. Uh, Dana Altman, thank you for joining us. I will catch you down the road. I appreciate hearing from you. All righty. Take care, John. All right. There he is, Dana Altman, University of Oregon men's basketball coach. Yeah, it may surprise you that charter flights are not mandatory in the Pac-12 conference. The conference leaves that to the individual schools. Some charter, some don't. I only know that because I'm looking into it. I want you to leave it here. You got the BFT. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.